It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center was recently voted the best fitness facility in mid-Michigan. If you haven't experienced the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center yet, what are you waiting for? Included with your membership is use of the locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise gym featuring treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. Also included with your membership is the use of the SkyTrack for walking, jogging and great views of the entire memorial campus and surrounding area if you're a youngster stay on top of your game with a student membership get three months at the flat rate of 150 bucks start anytime with no enrollment fee for more details follow and like on facebook at memorial wellness center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 270 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center, now featuring special student membership and SkyMint Cannabis, homegrown right here in Michigan. Also, our local partners include AZ Printing Solutions, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill. Hey, Taco Tuesdays are back, boys and success group mortgage and servicing but you know we're recording this on tuesday the 20th just came away from a national holiday juneteenth which happens to be my wife's birthday so we had a nice uh nice little celebration i think i texted you guys we were out on the pontoon life has been good this week the weather has just been spectacular yeah i, I know I've, I've heard i was telling you ted my, my parents up in ludington have been talking about just a beautiful start to the summer and I know, Jared, a few weeks ago, you mentioned that this is the stretch where Michigan shines, it feels like, you know, with, with the weather and everything. So when I see on a Monday or, you know, Ted, you say you're out on the pontoon. Yeah. <laughs> I hear about the weather up in Ludington, people at the beach. It does. It's it's nice and hot here. The humidity is definitely hit down here. So it definitely makes me like, oh, man, this is the stretch to be up in Michigan. It is. It really is. Um it's, it's beautiful out right now. I, I love the fact that the sun, it, it's like you can live like two days uh, in one with, with the sun staying out as late as it does t- till 930. Uh, I, I've just been living on the golf course. Um, and you would think that that would be that would be a great thing. Yeah, uh, but it's not, man. I, I don't know what has happened. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. Golf is in a, is in crisis right now, uh, especially in the state of Michigan. Since COVID, I mean, these courses have just been flooded with people. It's a good thing. You know, I don't want to be the guy that's, to be honest, I got back into golf during COVID. So I'm kind of a part of this crew. 
So basically, I went golfing three times this weekend, Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Every single time I was, I found myself in what you call a log jam, uh, where basically you end up where there's three different groups on one tee box, the group Ooh, ahead of us, my group worse. and the group behind us. And I didn't want to complain this weekend. It was Father's Day. You know, I was thinking of Ted, you know, my dad, whoever, uh, back when I was a kid, you know, when I would go on the course right in front of uh, me and my buddy golfing was this group of uh, a family, a dad, his mom, his son, his daughter and his wife. And when I kid you not, they slowed down an entire course. They slowed down an entire course mm. to the point where the guy behind me, uh, who was dressed up like, you know, Tony Finau or Scotty Scheffler or something like that, hitting into us all day, apparently not realizing that we were not the problem, uh, lit up a, a product from Skyman, you know, on the tee box right behind me. That's how long it was taking in between holes. So, you know, I'm having a good time. Summer is great. I just wish the golf was, was moving a little bit quicker. But, hey, if you're on the golf course, you can't complain too much. So. Again, it's kind of along the lines of what started this whole conversation out with the weather turning in Michigan. That's when the golf courses, everyone gets their clubs out. You know, you only have you have a small little window up in Michigan to, to get out on the course. So everyone does, especially like you said, a weekend like Father's Day weekend, maybe a special event. I saw I, you you retweeted a, a picture from I forget who the who the guys were, but even at the U.S. Open over the weekend, there were a couple of log jams. A yeah. couple, I forget yeah. who it was, the pitcher, but a couple guys were just chilling, laying on a hill because there was a log jam even at the U.S. Open. So, yeah, apparently it, was, uh, it, it happens there too. That and that is, good. and we're going to talk about the U.S. Open uh, a little bit later. But I don't. And that's something I was thinking about this weekend because even that final round, they were supposed to be wrapping up at nine o'clock. I think they didn't put the final putt through the through the cup till like nine forty-five. I was just thinking to myself, how do these PGA Tour golfers with two guys in a group? who are, they're not ever looking for their ball. People are helping them with that. How in God's green earth are they playing so damn slow where that photo you're talking about, they literally were sitting on the tee box for 15 minutes in between each hole. And that makes uh, Wyndham Clark's win that much more impressive because when you're golfing and you're sitting and waiting all the time, it's impossible to stay focused. I really don't know how they do it, uh, but you just feel bad for those guys because there's nothing worse that, than when you are waiting that, that long that you have to pop a squat. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm going to say these guys, I mean, especially guys like us, Jared, you you play more. Ted, you've definitely backed off golf. I know we've, we've talked about that. I haven't played in a few Many years. Reason. Those guys are a little more in rhythm. Their, their bodies are ready for it and stuff like that. But yeah, for, for people like us, if you have to sit on a tee box every hole for 10, 15 minutes, I mean, I could just, I can just picture my back starting to stiffen up or something, or, you know, you just kind of check out, you know, you just get to the point where you're like, I don't even care. I just want to go, go to it's, the clubhouse. Yeah. It's no fun. I mean, right. you know, it's when you're just sitting around, that's crazy. You want to get out there and get to the tee box, tee off, keep it rolling, man. Some people just don't get it. Hey, by the way, guys, this just came and rolled in on my email this morning since we're talking about golf. Uh, the Dwayne Ash Memorial Golf Outing. Put it on your calendar. That's coming up uh, September 9th. You know, Jared, you'll agree with this and Matt, too. There's nothing like fall golf, man. It's, mm -hmm. it's just awesome out there on the golf course. Uh, it's sponsored by the... Uh, the Corona Rotary Rotary Club and uh, proceeds go to the Corona Education Foundation and uh, Rotary Project. So, you know, there'll be more about that as we go along, but that's fresh off the press coming up nice. September 9th. Where do they play that at? That's at Corona Hills. It's a oh, nine-hole okay. scramble. So quick in and out, pick up your door prizes, you know, maybe win some other good stuff, have some fun. And, you know, we've talked about it before, and, and 
as you know, I don't golf anymore. Maybe I'll get out sometime. My brother John wants me to maybe participate in this and come out of retirement. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm coming out of retirement, it's not going to be in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> I'll do it in front of my family, maybe, you know, yeah. but uh-uh. I, I, oh, man, it would be worth the price of admission to watch me tee off on hole number one. <laughs> yeah. Have you be the first one where the whole gallery is there? Let's go, Ted. Oh, look at him. It's the sports guy. Oh, my. We'll even we'll have three point podcast sponsor a whole. <laughs> Ted, you can be the one to represent. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it that would not funny. be good, man. It, it would not be good. I, I would be. I'll agree with you on that. I mean, I, I, I suck 99% of the time I play and I play all the time. So I don't even, when was the last time you teed it up? Like 30 years ago? No, I was having some back problems. So I would, uh, it's probably a good 20 years, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, I take that back. I, I did golf a couple business outings probably 15 years ago. Just scrambles, you know, with strangers. Hey, I've t I tell them right up front, man, hey, I suck. You know, and then <laughs> once you get going, you do kind of relax a little bit. And if yeah. you get a couple shots that uh, that pay off, maybe a decent putt, you feel like the day's been all right. Yep. That's yeah, nice that's what thing. it comes down to a lot. Yeah, you have a good time, especially yep. if you're on a business trip. Maybe you uh, you ink a couple sales or something like that, make some contacts. But Ab absolutely, golf is definitely. I mean, you've got to play it. I feel unless you're just ridiculously good, you've got to play it a lot to be good. Yes, you know you you can lose it pretty quickly. So because I, I noticed that I play so like sparingly, like when I pick the clubs up and go play, it's like oh man, I almost forget how to swing like forget yeah. my rhythm or whatever so yeah you've got to play it a little bit but the father's day weekend you know it's classic it's a classic time to get out on the course if, if you you know you if, if you guys golf it's a good time go find a course that you can get on i don't know how it is up there i mean it sounds like it's very busy from jared talking about well, it, but down down here my friends who still golf my co-workers you can't find a tea time you've got to make tea times unless you find some way out in the boonies you know uh a little little course or something they've got to make tea times like months in advance and wow. i just when i was actually playing i don't remember it being like that so. no it, no matt that's a that's a fact it, we were spoiled where we grew up we really were in golf in golf mm -hmm. terms down here uh in detroit area the, you know it, there's so many private all the nice courses are private and then any of the public ones, they just get flooded with regulars yeah. like me. And, and it becomes unplayable to the point I only got, like, I have walked off the course twice this past weekend. It, it, it's not worth it to sit there for, for to play a six-hour round. And especially right. if you're not playing good, that's the first sign. If you're not playing good and it's taking forever, you you just won't even finish the round. Yeah. It's just not even worth it. I saw a few other people drive off the course this weekend as well. It wasn't just me. Uh, but, yeah, it's right. Mid-Michigan, where, you know, there's not as many people. Almost all the courses are public other than uh, – handful that are private it it we really were spoiled in golf and then you go up north and, and it's the same way there's so many good courses west side of michigan was the same way when i was when i lived there in college a lot of go good golf but it's this detroit metropolitan area man it's horrible yeah well before we move on and talk some sports mm -hmm. uh, around uh the world uh let's talk a little bit about the bauer boys they mm -hmm. we had them on last week God darn it. They didn't announce where they were going for us, but that's because they made a trip after that. But they announced they're going to uh, play for Ryan Brady in uh, Saginaw Valley. Good for them. Sounds like it's a pretty good fit. I know they're really super excited about it. And we definitely want to say uh, congrats, boys. 
Yeah, we definitely want to say congrats. And that was, I've, I've listened back to that conversation a, a couple times and it was a really cool chat with those two. It was, mm-hmm. it was fun talking with them and hearing them talk about their goals and everything like that. And it was a little surprising. I mean, just being honest to see SVSU, I thought it would play out a little longer to see maybe how many more offers came in, see if maybe some of the more Mac Mac schools or, or some other D one offers started rolling in. But I mean, we know it, like, like you said, Ted, great fit with Ryan Brady and SVSU. We've had Ryan Brady on the podcast a couple times. There's no one more genuine as a head coach than Ryan Brady. And I mean, we all, Ted, you remember his playing days very well. Oh yeah. At, at Chesanane and then, you know, at, at Grand Valley Grand State Valley. and then everything he's done as a coach with, you know, with coach Anise even, and then now as a head coach, I, I can't imagine if there's anyone more you, you go into, he comes into your living room, whatever the situation is, sells his program to you and your parents and everything. I can understand him making you feel like this is the spot. I want to go play for this guy and he's got a good staff with him. You know, the GLIAC is a very competitive league. You know, they're they're putting people in the NFL. People from the yeah. GLIAC are going to the NFL now. So I, I I can understand Brian Brady selling the Cardinals to the Bauer boys. And they they're yeah, I bet they're gonna step in from day one and they're gonna contribute. Yeah, Ryan Brady, I mean, if 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 he ever decides to hang up the whistle, Ted, I think you need to recruit him to Pro Mac man, sell for you. Um, <laughs> he can sell, he can recruit. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's like you said, he's a funny, charming guy when he's in the living yeah, room with you, you know, he can definitely sell you, um, on SVSU and the program. I just love the GLIAC. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out over the next three, four years. I mean, there's so many disciples of Anise, you know, throughout the GLIAC at, you know, three, four different schools. Yeah. Uh, it almost deserves like a TV show or something, you know, with behind <laughs> the scenes looks, but, uh, no, it's awesome for the Bauer brothers and, and it's good for our other Shiawassee guy, Ryan Brady, to get them. Well, I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory. I mean, when Ryan was an assistant coach up at Ferris, uh, the Bauer boys in fourth grade went up there and, uh, you know, went to some camp or something and met him, you know. And even at that time, they kind of had in the back of their minds, hey, I want to play for this guy someday. And and look yeah. how it's all panned out. And, you know, and the other key factor, you know, is, you know, they had Wyatt penciled in as the only quarterback right at this point in the recruitment list and uh, Tarek number one wide receiver. So, you know, if you, if you get that kind of praise going right in, you know, you're coming in and you still got to earn your spot, but you're coming in and you're already penciled as, Hey, we're looking at you. That's pretty enticing. And uh, they've really grown a lot up there on campus too. It's a, it's a sweet school. Now, you know, you, you mentioned Matt about maybe Mac offers or maybe other offers. You know, this is a verbal, I mean, they, technically they still could, decide something else I don't I don't think they will but there is a lot to be said about coming into a place like the GLIAC and you can actually be a standout a star that's not to say they can't maybe at a higher level than that but a lot of times you get lost in the shuffle when you go to a div one school for sure yeah yeah it's a big big fish in a little pond is what it is and it's yeah I I couldn't agree more especially I mean it'll be fun to see them both on the field like you said they're top targets for SVSU, so that's cool. Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to play back-to-back national title. They're they're going to play Fair State. Grand Valley hasn't won, you know, national titles like they were in the early 2000s, but it's still Grand Valley State. You're going to play. Yep, you're going to play them. You're going to go to the playoffs. Every, you know, all the other big D2 schools that, that they're going to play. So they're going to get to play an awesome schedule, exposure. Like I said, uh, 
the NFL is already looking, they, they look at D2 players, you know, more than they used to. So it's going to be cool to see. I think it'll be fun to just see the shakeup, you know? Yeah. Maybe all of a sudden SVSU starts to climb and it's the Bauer boys that help them out. So wouldn't that be cool to see? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Coach, Coach Anise, I, I'd be curious to hear, hear what he says about that. He, he's probably very happy for Coach Brady. You know, that's his, that's his guy. But he, he might be like, oh man, that we'll, might have we'll to be ne- competing. We'll, we'll never get something on record. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, well, though. Very, very cool. Good job, boys. And we look forward to uh, this upcoming high school football season. And good luck to you there. Well, we'll be back with uh, a look at what's going on in the sports world right after this. If you're over 21 and like to enjoy your buds, check out Sky Mint Cannabis. It's summer and here in Michigan, we all love to cook out, go to the lake, enjoy campfires and s'mores. Sky Mint has what you need to enjoy the great outdoors. Farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including the new store in Traverse City. Check out the Sky Mint Reserve. It features fantastic profiles. Great deals on Michigan's best bundles for flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Gift cards also available. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com, see what's available, and sign up for the rewards program. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, let's just start right, first of all, in baseball. I know, Jared, you've got uh, some Tiger games you're going to be working on. Uh, man, they got to within, what, one game from 500, then all of a yeah. sudden went back down to 10 under, but now they're on a, another one of those little winning streaks. You just can't figure yep. this team out. Yeah, and against some division opponents, too. Yeah, so, I mean, they're right, they're – they're beating what look like good teams in the AL Central. We know we know what the AL Central is, but you know they Riley Green. I think we mentioned it a week or two ago. Riley Green falling out of the lineup with his injury. I, I think it really did hurt hurt the yeah. offense. You know he he really is the table setter for them. But you know people have started to step up. Everyone is kind of stepping up, and they're kind of staying afloat. I was I was about to say like they're staying afloat. They're still there. I mean they're still ten games under five hundred, so it, it's still a tough a tall hill right. to climb if they're going to get back in contention but they're they're still keeping it fun they're they're staying relevant they're not falling completely out to where you know they they just look like a bottom dweller so you know they're they're staying competitive we'll, we'll say it like that they're keeping the job fun for jared that's what it is they're keeping yep. they're keeping it fun for jared yeah they've won they won four of their last five so they're out they're playing hot right now we actually three three out of four against the division leader the twins uh, I just want to say this, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Javier Baez gets a lot of hate from the Detroit Tigers fan base. I'll be honest. I am new to the Detroit Tigers fan base. I hate it. This is the worst <laughs> fan base in all of the Detroit sports, the Michigan sports, worse than Michigan football fans, worse than Michigan State fans, which wow. <laughs> probably because it's half made up of Michigan State fans. Maybe that's why it's so bad. <laughs> People complain every night. It's like you, you, it's the worst team in the world every time they lose. It's the best team in the world when they win. It's, it's bizarre. 
But one of the guys who has basically almost became like a scapegoat is Javier Baez. And what really made me think about this was I love watching him play. I really do. When you look at this team uh, and you think about baseball and, and how fun of a sport it can be, I look at Javier Baez, man. He can hit things out of the zone. Obviously, he swings at some pitches that aren't strikes. We know that. We don't have to rehash it. Swings at some pitches out of the zone. But in terms of electricity and somebody that gets you in your seat at the ballpark, it's Javier Baez. Yeah. I mean, he's, he had three key, key hits in that Minnesota Twin Series that led to three victories, including a big home run. He was making electric plays out in the field, including maybe the play of the year in the MLB at shortstop where he uh, fielded a ball and like fell on his back, whipped it over, perfect throw to first base. And the fans just direct so much hate and ire toward this guy. And I just don't understand it. No, he's not a perfect player. But when I think of, you know, who I want on my team, I want players that are fun. And whatever you say about Javier Baez, he's a fun player. Uh, and he, he plays unorthodox. Uh, you know, he obviously is a very good fielder, uh, has some errors like any shortstop would, but he makes some electric plays in the field and he hits some big home runs and he swings at everything. And <laughs> when I look back on, you know, what I'm going to tell my grandkids about Detroit Tigers. Am I going to tell them about, you know, some guy who maybe was a little bit better statistically, or am I going to tell them about, you know, El Mago, this guy who is making incredible <laughs> plays in the field. And I tell you what, when the game is on the line, and, you know, we need a hit. There's not many more guys that I would want to see at the plate other than Baez. I really do like this guy. And I just wanted to say I'm in the Baez camp. I love him. I'm glad the Tigers have him. I'm glad I've gotten to watch him up, up close and personal over the last couple years. And I just think he he's become an unfair scapegoat. Yes, he gets paid a good amount of money. No, he hasn't been the best player in the world. He hasn't necessarily been an all-star. But with all that said and done, I still love this guy. Still glad he's on the Tigers. I like watching him. Hold on a second, Matt. All right, Jared. A couple things, Jared, real quick. So you think you're going to tell your kids about the days of watching Javi Baez play? I mean, <laughs> that's a little bit of a stretch. When you but, think of- but other stuff he said is pretty good, but that one. Yeah. I'm not well, so when you sure. know, this is like when you think of like when I'm putting together my favorite <laughs> team of Tigers in, in my lifetime. He's shortstop, man. He is. Yeah. Y'all and know. I know you're going to think, oh, uh, Whitaker or Tram. I don't even remember which one was. Listen, they were great players. <laughs> he works for Ballet, doesn't know they were, they were great players. They weren't fun. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey I, I agree with you that it's, he's fun to watch. And I'll tell you yeah. what, he uh, if he just laid off the low outside slider, yeah. he'd be so hmm. better off. That's yeah. that's his flaw. And that's up to the team to kind of figure out, man, lay off that pitch. But other than that, I he is kind of a scapegoat and I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely fun to watch. And I, I appreciate his electricity in the field. I mean, like you see, yeah, short stops, they're going to have errors because they have to, they have to cover so much ground, but he makes some pretty spectacular plays yeah. out there. So, you know, it, yeah. they, he's fun to watch. I think, you know, did you taking the shot at the fan base? I can kind of see what you're saying. I think part of it is we went through, you know, you, you definitely, you were there for like the tail end of it, you know, cause you were kind of younger when it started, but when they signed Pudge Rodriguez, got Maglio Ordonez, Ted, you remember all this. Oh yeah. And they turned into basically a, it was like a good 12 year run about, you know, where the Tigers were legit contenders basically every year, a 10, 10, 12 year run. I think we got spoiled, honestly, cause we went through the nineties that were pretty blah, and then we had that run where we made a couple World Series, won a bunch of division titles. I think we got spoiled, and we've been going through this crap rebuild for eight years or whatever. 
And I think unrealistically, Baez was signed as like the savior. He's going to be the guy that's going to like when the Tigers signed Pudge Rodriguez and Maglio Ordonez turn things around. I think that's what Baez was being sold as. And I don't think that was very realistic because that's just not who he is. He's a good player, but if he's supposed to be your best player, then clearly we're seeing the results because he's not that kind of player. So, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he unfairly gets a lot of criticism. I think a lot of the criticism is warranted, though, because of the contract that he signed. So, you know, it goes both ways. You know, I, I think he could be playing better for sure, but he, he's, play, he's, he's doing what he's done his whole career. This is who he is. People like people expected him to come to Detroit and all of a sudden turn into like Cal Ripken or something. And it's like, that's just not who he is. Jared, are you still on board with what was it? The 70 wins? Is that what the target was at the beginning yes, of the season? We're still chugging along toward it. I mean, winning four over the last five has helped. Um, 31 I was feeling right really now. good. You know, I was feeling really, really good about that three weeks ago. Right. I'm like, so, so I think it's going to be close and it's going to yeah. come down to the wire. Um, if they get hot, they'll, they'll, they'll cruise past it. If they get cold, they're going to probably miss it. So it's just, we're kind of riding and dying. Uh, it's probably also going to really come down to, I don't, not saying like AJ Hinch, but can he keep them engaged? We've talked about this before right. the second half of the season. Like if they really do fall out and they're not in contention in the division, can he keep them engaged and, you know, still play hard? Or is it just going to completely all fall apart? You know, I think that'll be a big part. I was going to ask you guys about uh, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Jared, you talked about like Baez kind of being a, a scapegoat. Seems like Torkelson has been catching a lot of heat. You know, people are already calling him a bust and everything like that because he was the number one pick. I, I'm like, I'm a little on the fence. Like, is he ever going to live up to number one pick expectations? It's not really looking like it right now but he's kind of turned it around a little bit. He's hit some home runs in June. Clutch hit. Um, he's, he's still struck out like 20 times or something in the month. Uh, I, so I've seen a lot of people say like Torkelson's found it. He, he's found it. He's, he's got it. He's turning it on. I looked it up. His batting average has actually lowered in the month of June. Only by like four points, but you know, for people to be like, he found it. I was like, Oh, he's probably raised his batting average like 20 points. No, <laughs> His OPS has raised a little bit, so that's good. That's because of the home runs and stuff. Yeah, you know? he's in the 700s now. Yeah, so, I mean, he's – I think it does – you can tell. You can tell he's maybe found a little something, but it just – you know, it's one of those things. Being the number one pick, again, at the time when the Tigers were rebuilding, number one pick, starting first baseman, especially kind of taking over for Miguel Cabrera. It's almost like the expectations were unrealistic, and I just hope – I hope they don't bail on him too soon because he is still young, you know. I just I hope they don't bail on him too soon and they keep working with him and maybe he turns into a solid player. Yeah. Is he going to be a Mike he Trout? Will. Is he going to be you know a Miguel Cabrera? Maybe not. He can still be a good player though. Yeah, I mean the, the I think the reason people have been excited, you know, since in the past week he's got three home runs and he's got eight RBIs. So that's where he's had a great week. Um, yeah. I think the thing is with, with Torkelson is everyone's rooting for him. He's such a likable guy. He's yeah. fun. He's always got a smile on his face. He's a great fielder. Um, and everybody wants him to be good. And I still I still think he will. I, I think he's had a great past week. I think he's still showing that he's, he has power. I mean, he's already tied his 
I think he's already passed his home run total from last year in like a third of the games pretty much. Right. So he's clearly improved from last season. Uh, but let's just hope he keeps it rolling. I mean, baseball, it's like if he has a couple more weeks like this, I mean, we're talking about how great he is. You know, if he if he reverts back to what he was, you know, at the start of June that week uh, during that losing streak, then it's, you know, we're back to talking about how he's a bust. He just he goes so up and down with the ebbs and flows of baseball. It's an interesting sport. Again, I'm new to it. But it's just the it's, it's a marathon more than any other regular season, more than in the variance from game to game, from series to series for all, even all these good teams. It, it's it's crazy. And so seems like he's found something. I'm, I'm hopeful that he, he can keep it going. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, you know, in baseball, probably more than any sport the mental approach is really, really important. You know, if you're in a slump and there's nothing you can do to get out of it and, you know, you're just dragging your feet, that's when it's really tough. But right now he is on an uptick and we'll see how, we'll see how long it goes and what it can do for him. It really could be a career changing time of his season right now. Really. If he stays hot, he does seem to have a good attitude. You know, he doesn't seem to be down. I think the team's still sticking with him, and I hope they do. I hope they do because he's still a young guy, has the right attitude. Physically, he's right there, and like you said, he's banging out some homers. I was impressed with a couple clutch hits he's had, you know, in ninth, tenth inning, you know, when, when he could have shit his pants, but he right. didn't. So <laughs> jury's still out, but I, I'm, I'm not going to say get rid of him or cut him loose. Uh, I think he could still turn it all around. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully everyone does. Cause we're, yep. <laughs> we're in the, well, the, the big thing is, you know, people I've, I've seen some posts, tweets, whatever about it. Miggy's contract will be off the books after this season. So hopefully they can stay relevant, you know, or, or stay engaged. I, I've said engaged a few times now, stay engaged this season going into next season where they're going to have some money to spend They've got some more draft picks, you know, hopefully Torkelson, you know, maybe even Riley Green comes back and he's fine. And, you know, he keeps improving and then they can spend a little money in the off season. And maybe next year is where it's like, all right, they can try and make some moves, but be curious to see what they do at the trade deadline. Cause they do have some, they do have some good arms that they could trade or they could hold on to, you know, I don't know if Torkelson would ever be a, a trade, um, trade bait or anything like that but we'll see yeah well the good thing we've talked about it before they're in the central i mean as we record this the twins are one game under 500 in first place tigers are only four games back so yeah you know we still have time to see what this team can do i saw the new york yankees i think they're like six games above 500 and they're like they're like 10 games back in their division, right? right. It, it is, it is hilarious. Baseball's bizarre, man. With these divisions, I know Ted, you love, you love your old school rules. Yeah. I don't totally understand it. I can appreciate the hunt, but if I was a Yankees fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I've come around on that. You know, I'm not, I'm not definitely sold on divisions. I mean, American National League. We've talked about it a couple pods ago. Yeah, that's cool, but they need to do something with the schedules and. I just don't like the divisions anymore, you know. I mean, yeah, for us Tiger fans, it's to our advantage right now. Right. But it's just uh, it the one thing that's crazy to me with the divisions, you play 162 games. Right. Why do you have to play so many against the Twins? Right. I don't need to see the Tigers play the Guardians 40 times in one season. You know, you you've got all these teams in 162 games. 
rotate all the games. Hell yeah. You know, I want to see them play the Giants. I want to see them play the Angels, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. I, it, switch. I, I love that they finally opened it up this year, but I remember when I was a kid and I didn't really follow baseball. I knew nothing about it. I remember it's like my dad would be watching the Tigers. And I was like, why are they always playing the goddamn twins? Why is it <laughs> like, I just thought I was like crazy. Like I just so happened, like what happenstance that every time I happened to tune to watch a second of a game, they were playing the twins. Yeah. It was only until a few years ago, I realized, Oh, this is how the schedule was made. But it used to perplex me as a kid. I thought it was just like the, like lightning striking. Every time I turn on the TV, they just happened to be playing the twins. Right. Right. Well, let's uh, let's move a little away from baseball. Just uh, a quick chat on basketball since we last recorded. Nuggets now are champions. Uh, great job by then. them. Uh, we had John Morant, Morant uh, now 25-game suspension. Uh, Piston trade rumors, Zion Williamston, perhaps. You never yeah. know. Uh, and Bob Huggins, what a, what a sad end to his career. Anybody want to jump in on any yeah, of that? I'm, I'm just real quick. I Huggins. Uh, we don't. I, there's really not much to be said, man. I mean, it's sad. He was. He's a legend. Coaching legend. Um, he kind of always lived lived fast. Um, I never thought it would end the way it did. Yeah. He just had a, a rough, you know, rough past month or so with the radio show comments, and then now DUI. It just didn't seem like there was any way for him to him to keep his job. So definitely a sad way to see a legend to go out. Um, two right. final four appearances, but just. He's done. No, yep. nothing else to really add. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of. It would have been nice to see him go out on it on a better, a higher note because he was always fun. Like watching West Virginia or Cincinnati, you know, wherever he was coaching, he always made it interesting. But it's kind of sad because it sounded like he had had some issues going on. So hopefully, he gets things straightened out. Yeah. Um, I prepared something for you guys. Uh oh. Um, so the NBA draft is on Thursday. As you guys know, we kind of rode the wave of the lottery. I think we were all kind of down for a while. But yeah. I'll be honest, my spirits are a little bit higher. You know, that's the, the, the draft night is is what our, us Detroit fans live for, man. It's it's when your hope is at its highest. Uh, so I just wanted to throw give you a quick little rundown of a few of the guys the Pistons could be drafting at five and which ones you would like to see. So the number one guy seems like he could really be the steal of the draft from what I'm reading. They say that every year, but regardless, <laughs> this is the guy I keep hearing about somebody who outside of that top, you know, one, two, three could still be uh, you know, an all-star someday. And that's Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. I'll be honest. I didn't know who this guy was until like a week ago. Um, <laughs> Villanova didn't make the tournament. They were in the big East. They kind of flew under the radar, um, but he's six, six, two thirty-five. I mean, 40 inch vertical elite athlete. Um, the Pistons definitely will be looking for a forward, I believe, due to the fact that they have, you know, Cade and Jaden in the backcourt and then Jalen Duran at center. Um, this guy, he, you know, he's kind of an unknown, but it seems like he has all the physical tools uh, to kind of be an NBA player. And I love anything. Anytime you have a guy that can uh, have highlight finishes at the rim, I'm for it. Uh, real yeah. quick, the, another guy we have, uh, two brothers, Osar yeah. and Amen Thompson from OT Elite. I'll be honest, I looked up OT Elite. Uh, read it for about five minutes. Still don't totally understand what this league is. Right. Um, I really don't. But these two brothers, I mean, sounds like they are kind of the guys with the highest ceiling in this draft. I mean, they, from what I understand, elite defenders, uh, Asar in this league, held opponents to like 30% shooting from the field when he was covering them. Uh, and it sounds like Amen, who's expected to go higher, uh, is like basically has great court vision, playmaking ability, elite handles. But both of them really struggle shooting. So yeah. a lot of people are wondering if they'll ever be able to develop an outside shot. 
but those guys are the real kind of who are these guys. Uh, they could go way up or way down uh, when they hit the NBA. I really don't know what to expect. And the last one, this is more of kind of the surefire, you know what you're getting guy. Jarris Walker out of Houston, yeah. uh, 6'7", with a 7'3 wingspan. Uh, you know, AAC, freshman of the year. I like him. He's tough. You know, Houston, they play tenacious defense. You know, yep. he's well coached. Um, all you hear is good things about this guy. Uh, sounds like he, he could be a really, really good pick and roll player uh, for the Pistons. Can defend all five positions, almost like a Draymond Green type. Um, so just off of those kind of very basic, you know, generic kind of bios, what do you guys make? Is there any of those guys that jump out to you? The kid from Houston and the kid from Whitmore from Villanova is, is kind of where I was hoping they would go just because basically everything you laid out. The only thing about the kid from Houston, and that's just how the NBA is nowadays, he's a freshman or, you know, he was, he's coming off his freshman year. So he's so young, you know, how long is it going to take for him to develop? Is it, you know, two, three years until he's at an actual contributor or can he step right in from day one and contribute? You know, that's the only thing. The brothers or really any of the players from the OT elite, that league is such a shit show. It is just basically, it's like the Kerwood three on three. It's just out there. People are just playing. The coaching is so, it, it's worse than AAU leagues. I've seen people say like it's worse run than some of the like higher level AAU leagues. So that's where I'm a little hesitant on, on the two, the, the brothers that played there. Just because all those stats that you rattled off in the video that you see of them playing, it's just like, I don't know if I can really believe any of this. Like, were, were they just out there? Did they have a coach? Were they just out there free ball, <laughs> free ball in it? Were they, yeah. were they just out there like, you know, winging it or whatever? So that that's where I'm a little hesitant there. I feel like Whitmore from Villanova and the kid from Houston, since you're at five, like you said, you don't get one of those top three players. I feel like you just go with one of them. Like you said, they need a forward. They need a big athletic four type of player. Go with them and hope one of them pans out. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah, I'd probably lean to the kid from Houston, even though he was is a freshman. I mean, they were, what, ranked number one most of the year last yeah. year. So he played high-quality college ball, coached by a good coach. Uh, I am curious with today's NBA rules. You guys can fill me in more on this. What is the, what is the rule on – after that initial contract is done, how long can you keep a keep a player before they become a flat out free agent? I think I mean I'm pretty. It's not like baseball where you like own their rights or whatever yeah. the heck goes on in baseball. I think it's just their rookie deal, and then so that's, that's the risk. Then right, I mean you get a yeah. young kid like that, he doesn't really start to develop till year two or three, and then all of a sudden you can lose him. That's that's the risk. Um, yep. There's there's also been some chat about any trades is there any of these trades you've been hearing rumors on that are intriguing i mean no. to me honestly you you teed up zion yeah if i'm the pistons and i mean you guys know my thoughts on the pistons i'm i'm kind of down on the pistons i just right. think they're so far away and i monty williams is a fine coach i don't think he's phil jackson greg popovich you know anything like that um i would take zion in a heartbeat Give me Zion. And I understand the the off the court stuff with whatever the heck is going on with the, the Twitter, everything. He's enjoying his nightlife. Yeah. And then obviously <laughs> the injury is, issues. Right. If you can get Zion Williamson on the Pistons, maybe he needs a change of scenery. Maybe he just needs to get out of New Orleans. And if you could get him even for 55 games a season, 50, 60 games a season, 
that Zion is better than anything on the Pistons roster right now. I know Pistons fans love Cade. I know they love Jaden Ivey. I know all that. Zion Williamson, I mean, he's like a 30 and 15 guy every single night. Shoots like 65% from the field when he's actually playing. I understand mm-hmm. he basically never plays. So I, it would be a high, high risk. But if you could get him and get him for 50, 60 games a year, get him to maybe, you know, lock in now and actually be an NBA player. That's better than anything that you can get these guys that Jared just rattled off in the draft, you know? So it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. The other thing is uh, Draymond Green opted out of his, his player option. I don't know if he's just doing that and then he's going to go back to the Warriors for, you know, a little bit of a cheaper deal, but would you guys want Draymond? Would he come for a, you know, a hometown discount come to, yeah. kind of be the veteran presence for the Pistons or you I'd love it. stay away from Draymond? No, he'd be perfect. It's exactly yeah. what the Pistons need. Play, you know, a four right underneath Jalen Duran. He'd be perfect. Is it going to happen? No. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe the only way in this stratosphere that happens if he if he's just like, you know what, I want to come back to Michigan. I want to set up my roots. I want to, you know, get my family here. I don't see that happening. I think he loves the LA scene. You know, he loves LeBron. All of his buddies are out there. He loves the Golden State Warriors organization. He just had Steve Kerr on his podcast like a couple weeks ago. So I, I, I think it's just like you said. I think it's just he's going to come back on a lesser deal. Which how awesome is that? I mean, not a lot of players would do that. I mean, that's right. Draymond, man. I mean, we saw it up close and personal in high school and college. I mean, the ultimate leader. Um, yeah, he rubs some guys the wrong way, but I think we all kind of respect what he brings to a team, and we'd love to see it on the Pistons. I just don't think it's happening. You know, it's the, the odds are not very high, but of any player of his stature, you laid it out perfectly. Maybe he would want to come home. You yeah. know, he's at he's at the twilight of his career, right? I mean, he's he's winding down, I would say. How old is yeah. he? He's probably he's at least 32 or three. He's isn't got he? a couple a couple yeah. of two, three more really good years, and then yeah. I think he, he definitely steps into a different role. Yeah. So yeah. Would would I want him to come to the Pistons? Hell yes, and I I think there's there's a there's a chance, probably not, but there's a chance of it. And then that- I, I took a shot at I didn't take a shot at Monty Williams. I just I I think he's a good coach, but that's where a Monty Williams might actually help. He is a very well respected coach in the league, right. so maybe Draymond. You know, if, if the Pistons would have signed some unknown dude out of college or something like that as the head coach, maybe Draymond would be like, nah, but. Maybe Monty Williams would be enough to say, hey, man, come here, be the leader for this young core of Pistons guys. Might be able to turn around the Pistons, you know, your hometown team. So, yeah. Well, before we go to some entertainment, uh, let's finish this segment. I know you kind of teed it up in the open, Jared. U.S. Open just <laughs> completed out in Hollywood. Uh, some thoughts? I was going to say, I'll say something real quick, because I'm sure Jared's got plenty of thoughts. Yeah. I thought... I just, maybe I didn't realize this, you know, you, you guys know I'm a, I, I really do enjoy golf. I, I really do enjoy it, but I'm, I'm more of a casual TV viewer. You know, I majors, I'll definitely tune in on every other tournament. I'll watch like if the Sunday leaderboard is really good or something like that. But I didn't, I, I don't know if I just didn't realize this before or what, but whenever the majors are on the West coast, the, for us on the East coast, it's amazing. The TV, the TV viewing of this U.S. Open was incredible. Primetime, baby. I mean, my my wife and daughter, they were they were out of town. They did a little girls trip this weekend. So it was just me and my son home this past (laughs) weekend. So, you know, he's in bed by seven o'clock Saturday night. I was like on the couch. I'm like, this is 
I've got nothing to do. I'm just sipping on some Modellos. I'm watching U.S. Open. Same thing on Sunday. Kids are in bed, and we're watching Rory versus Wyndham Clark down yeah. the stretch. Like this, it was amazing. I would much rather watch a major that way than have to like Sunday at 10 a.m. be watching. I mean, the Masters, you know, you're yeah. always going to watch that. But like, you know, I just that that's my big takeaway. Except for the one, the one thing was the the fans. I saw, you know, it was at LA Country Club, which was a really cool yeah. course. So the, the the LA skyline in the background of some of the shots was super that was cool. cool. But I, I saw some tweets that there was like X amount of tickets, and like seventy five percent of them were sold to like you know corporations. So there weren't that many fans out there. You know, for a U.S. Open, U.S. Opens are usually kind of rowdy. Um, so yeah. that, that was a little bit of a bad takeaway. But no, the the TV, the time. It was it was awesome. It was. Uh, let me just say before I go into the negatives, I I did think it was a great U.S. Open. Um, you know, you never want to admit it. I do. I wish Ricky Fowler would have finished it off. Yeah. That would be my last thing. I wish Fowler would have finished it off and got the win. Hundred um, percent. It's kind. You feel kind of bad because Wyndham Clark, great story. Uh, his mom passed away when he was a college golfer. Kind of had to refigure out. You know, refine his love for golf. His mom's the one that kind of got him into it. Um, and she always told him to play big. They said that about fifty times on the broadcast. Um, <laughs> So, but it was cool to see him hold off all this stack leaderboard, Scheffler, uh, McElroy, uh, Fowler. Um, but we were all kind of a little bit rooting for him to maybe make a bogey down the stretch, but it just didn't come. And you got to tip your hat to it. I mean, he held him off. It was a stack leaderboard, LACC, outside of the birdie fest on Thursday morning where you had Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler just come out and light it up with like record scores, you know, minus 62. eight. It, the course got a lot harder once the sun came out. It, it, you know, got rid of the kind of marine layer, as they call it. Uh, I'd never heard that before. But the reason the fans were, it was an issue with the fans. So basically, they normally sell 45,000 uh, tickets to the U.S. to to the U.S. Open. Because LACC, you know, being in downtown L.A., which I've heard it's worth $8 billion worth of uh, money. This they're on, second only to Central Park in New York for, like, undeveloped land. <laughs> so that's pretty insane. But they only sold 22,000 this year. Uh, because of that then what happened was this this club is so like elite essentially um that a lot of their members basically didn't want you know idiots like me or ted walking around on that course and you know cheering and acting rowdy so they bought up half of the general admittance tickets which was only nine thousand. the rest of the twenty two thousand was in like you know suites and hospitality tents so that's why you saw you know there's a lot of big putts down the stretch especially on saturday you know, Fowler rolled in like a 50 footer and it was like a few people golf clapping around him and he right. was the leader. It was just kind of unbelievable. It sucked. Outside of that, I thought it was a great course down the stretch. You saw that back nine on Sunday. It basically was, if you could shoot even par, you're going to win. And that's what Wendell Clark did. I mean, it was, you know, the, the three par fours to finish that are basically like 500 yards where each of these guys who just bombing off the tee are still hitting like a four five, six iron into the, into the green. Um, it was a fun round. It was a great U.S. Open. The fan was a, the fan issue was a serious problem. They need to fix that. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was a good U.S. Open. It kept me entertained, uh, and it sounds like you guys watched too. So yep. yeah, and I think I think I agree with Matt's sentiment that it was really cool watching it later on in the day. You know, usually usually us here in the Eastern Time Zone are bitching about the late games, but right. as far as this worked out it, it was perfect you know you're not you're not spending your beautiful sunday watching tv you know you're waiting till the later in the day and then enjoying it and i agree with you it was it was a good u.s open for sure i just i had a curious thought i i, I know jared you've seen curb your enthusiasm matt you probably have too with larry david i think this is his home course 
they've had some episodes with him out there on the golf course. I think that's where he belongs. I actually oh, don't know if that's true because I'm pretty sure oh. if you are a celebrity, you cannot be a member there. They, is that this right? Course is, is like it's like Nazi Germany. The rules okay. worse. I was reading a tweet about it. Um, basically, it's like you can't you can't wear flip flops. You can't wear like branded gear. After six o'clock, you got to wear a sport coat in the clubhouse. You can't wear, uh, you gotta, you can't change your shoes in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> it, it's a whole lot of kind of crazy rules yeah. that is kind of the serious problem with golf, man. It really is. I mean, seriously, these members buying up half the general admins tickets just so that your beautiful, you know, course doesn't get, you know, walked on and doesn't have a, you know, rowdy fans at it. It just, it was, it was sad That's because weird. that was the one Nick on what was a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask. Speaking of kind of the fans, what do you guys think of on on eighteen when when Clark went up to basically seal it, and oh. they let they let the fans surround the the green? I know that happens a lot at other courses, but it doesn't seem like like that seemed very unorganized. There were cops walking all over. It was loud. You know, like the mics were picking up everyone talking. Yeah, like Fowler and Clark were even looking around like. What is happening right now? It, it just seemed very strange. It just seemed very strange for a, a major golf tournament. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, the funniest thing was the announcer. I don't even know who it was. NBC rarely does these. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily love their coverage. Um, I, I love my Jim Nance. You know, yeah. he wasn't yeah. on it. But basically, when they started doing that, they said all of Los Angeles was watching this. And we know there was like maybe 2,000 people, you know, as far as anybody. So I just thought that was funny. It was chaos that they definitely did that because of the lack of fans to try to maybe make up for it a little bit. Uh, the thing that kind of cracked me up right before Wyndham Clark won it, and I've always thought, like, man, this would be pure hell. Ricky Fowler just stumbled through the round, mm. didn't play great, a lot yeah. of OEs. I think only one birdie, uh, even though he set a record for the U.S. Open for most birdies in, in, a, in a weekend. Um but he had the last, he had a putt right before Wyndham Clark was going to tap it in for the win. Uh, and it was like, you know, probably a 10 footer for par and he missed it. And he just let out, like, I think it was a big F word, you know, as soon as it missed. <laughs> yeah. I always thought like that would be the worst situation to be in. You blew this tournament. You're playing horrible. You have one more putt to just get out of there and then you just <laughs> miss it. And you have a bogey to finish it off. And I just felt bad for him. Ricky yeah. Fowler, I mean, I think we all were rooting for him. Roy McElroy, it's been so long since he's won a championship uh, or a major. So been so long since he's won a major it almost feels like he hasn't won one ever right you know when you look back on his career it's going to be kind of more what if than you know that was great i mean he won four majors right off the rip when he first right. joined the pga and it's been nine years since then i think he's had like 20 top 10 finishes and majors since then hmm. but just can't get that putter going uh i mean it was brutal watching it it was such a hard course he never had any great looks for birdie right. but you just thought at least if one of these drops if one of if just one of your putts drops man you're gonna go into a playoff and have a chance and it just didn't happen for him no, well, that's well, what they were saying. He was he was hitting every other shot. Every other shot was basically spot on for Rory. Just couldn't couldn't sink that one putt. Yeah, well, I a good wish tournament. I could say that about my golf game, <laughs> no doubt. A good tournament for sure, and it was a good story with Clark winning it. And uh, congrats to him. Well, we'll have a short. I'm gonna, little... I'm gonna bring up one more quick little thing before we go to Tedertainment. Yeah. So the Lions. This can just be quick. The Lions are going to reveal an alternate helmet on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, are the Lions, you know, we I think we've said before about like Michigan's helmet. They basically, they, Michigan should not ever touch their helmet. Um, the Lions' helmet to me is, I, I think it's very classic, but I'm cool with an alternate as long as it's just like one of those Thursday night games or maybe on Thanksgiving or something like that. 
but I hope they don't go the route of, you know, using it every week or something, but I'm curious to see what their alternate is. There's an all white option that I think could be pretty cool. Um, there's a couple other, you know, kind of more throwback looking options, but I, I, I'm curious what, what Jared thinks, but I'm, I'm really curious what Ted thinks. Do you, do you want to see an alternate for the lions or you don't touch it? Uh, I'm okay with it. it yeah. You know, they've gone to the alternate uniforms. In fact, I have a black and uh, black and blue alternate that says since 57, you know, oh, right. so I'm okay with it for once one game here and there. You talk about Michigan football, no way in hell. But the Lions, I did see a, I did see the prototype of the white one, and that's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, this is the first I've heard of it. I'm looking at the teaser that the Lions put out. You know, it looks like it's going to be a throwback. You know, it's a picture of, a, you know, a muscle car with, uh, it says historical on the yeah. on the license plate. I mean, I've always loved it. We, we talked about it, and it kind of is a bummer. You know, I think we all thought last season that this year they were going to unveil brand new uniforms, whole new scheme, you know, whole new rebrand type thing. Uh, and then we found out basically they're pushing it off till next year, which right. I hated because they have so much positive buzz going right now. It just seemed like a natural time to really kind of usher in a new era uh, with uniforms. I have no problem with the new new helmet. I mean, it all depends on how it looks. We all know that yep. if it's if it looks horrible, then we're going to hate it. If it looks cool, <laughs> we'll love it. I, I love their helmets in the 80s, 90s. So if, I, if they just did something like that, where they just kind of repurpose that for today's, you know, style with the look from the nineties. That's my ideal scenario here. I don't yeah. think that's what they're going to do, but I'll be honest. I kind of like the idea of a white helmet. It looks pretty sweet with the blue face mask. Yeah. They look pretty cool. I like the all, all white uniforms that they've wore a few times for alternates. So yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do. Do you, you guys know, think there's a world where um, they end up doing hard knocks again this year? There's a rumor going around there. They wanted well, I, them. I, I, I did see that they, they, they said no to it. Yeah. They they did officially say no thanks, basically. Yeah. Which I kind of thought that was hilarious. It's like, yeah, all these teams are saying no, so we'll just go ask the Lions again. How are they able to say no? You're the NFL. Like, how I, do you think anybody wants to do it? God, no. Right. You have to do it because they tell you to do it. So right. I thought it was hilarious that it's like, yeah, you know, we asked the Bears. They didn't want to do it. Screw the Bears. The Bears should definitely be doing it this year. They have no choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I gave my thoughts on Twitter. I'm, I didn't want the Lions to do it again. Again, I would have watched. Probably would have been cool. You know, we would have talked about it on the podcast. Would have gave us some content yep. to talk about on the podcast. But to me, it was like last season, Hard Knocks was almost like perfect. Perfect. Don't do it again. Because you're going to try You're going to try and find characters like Rodrigo. The Hutchinson angle isn't quite there anymore because he's not a rookie anymore. You already did the Amonra St. Brown story. We all know who Dan Campbell is. It, it would feel forced. I feel like yeah. season two of Hard Knocks would have felt forced. It's HBO, so they would have made it great. But I'm I'm fine. Stay stay away from it. Yeah. Uh, just a quick question about Lions training camp, Jared. Do you guys go full bore at Bally's uh, on training camp stuff? No, not as much. I mean, we'll, we'll probably be there in some capacity, but no. I mean, it's 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 Tiger season, man. It's, yeah. it's all hands on deck for the Detroit Tigers right now. Amen. Well, the NFL is pretty tight with training camp coverage, aren't they? Right. I mean, yeah. I, I know like at ESPN, you can only show like yep. little thirty second clips of training camp and stuff. So no, it's like a, yeah, I've been I went to it last year, and it's like I think maybe there's like a fifteen minute like right. shooting window and it's like and that's like during the part of practice where they're just doing like agility bag drills and stretching right. it's nothing of you know x's and o's so yeah it, they're pretty tight-lipped man 
Hey, before we get out of this segment, since we're talking the Lions, this week on NFL, on the NFL Network, they had uh, NFL's greatest games, and they had the 2014 Lions-Cowboys game. You know, they had it condensed down to an hour. It was, it was, it was kind of neat to kind of relive that, even though they lost. But you know, the 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 take we got from it was, yeah, they got screwed right on that not not pass interference call. But there was a whole hell of a lot of stuff that happened after that that they oh, right. still could have won that game. You know, that's and, that's always the biggest thing. It, it's that that pass interference, right? But they still had plenty of opportunities to win that game. And yep. And who knows if they would have called that a pass interference, if they would have even won after that pass interference. But Right. Well, they did spend a good portion of time on that, as you yeah. would think. But I, I forgot a lot of the stuff that happened. You know, Tony Romo, it was fourth down and six, and they went for it after that, and they got the first down and ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown. I mean, it was it was a classic game, and that was, a, a good one. That was the kind of game Stafford could have stamped himself as yeah. the guy in Detroit. If he would have got one playoff win, I think that's one of the things. He did make the playoffs a few times, but couldn't get a win. You know, I don't, it's hard to explain something about those teams. It just never, I never loved it. You know, I'm really like, I think everyone as a Detroit Lion is like full, full steam ahead, row the boat for this current, you know, iteration with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. They're so likable right now. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm like, I'm rooting more for this team, you know, than I am like, you know, the Michigan football team which is something right. I've never said in my life, man. So even looking back on that 2014 team, you know, I watched every game. I always have the Detroit Lions, but I just never really felt the true connection like I do with this team. And that's why we're having so much fun, you know, with the hard knocks, with the end of the year last year, and with all the hype heading into this season. So Yeah. Well, we forgot how good that team was, I think, as some of the players. I mean, obviously, Calvin Johnson. Um, defensively, Slay. they had Quinn and Slay in the secondary. Dominic and Sue yeah. at his yeah. prime. I mean, that that was a pretty damn good team that just couldn't get it done. You know, It was a good team. I think you, you mentioned Dan Campbell, Jared. I feel like that's part of why those teams always felt like Jim Schwartz yeah. wasn't really a very likable coach. Um, and then later, you know, Jim Caldwell. Caldwell now we know they probably should have held on to Caldwell. Great coach. But, you know, he wasn't like an electric in the media no. saying stuff like Dan Campbell is, you know, great coach. But he wasn't like out there making headlines, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like that was maybe part of it. All right. Well, good stuff, fellas. Let's wrap this thing up with a entertainment tonight. A few things on the docket there. We'll have that right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. 
Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Let me jump in real quick here. First of all, Matt, you kind of set the table last week or the week before on American Gladiators 30 for 30. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got a chance to watch it both episodes. <laughs> I mean, it's like I always say, man, you can't go wrong with it when it's an HBO series and you can't go wrong when it's a 30 for 30. I mean, I love my yeah. documentaries and, and the guy that put this together, it, it was fantastic. I mean, it yeah. just... Uh, it painted the whole picture and a lot of stuff I had no clue about. So your right. recommendation on that was spot on. It was it was tremendous. And if you haven't seen it yet, Jared, or if any of our listeners haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I probably I should. I, I don't. I, you know, I wasn't a lot, or I wasn't. Re- yeah, I wasn't alive during that right. period, so I, I didn't even know who they were till a couple of weeks ago. But like you said, I mean, thirty for thirty, they're basically bad in a thousand uh, at this <laughs> point. Um, they're so good. Yeah. Uh, so do it. No, I do need to check it out. American Gladiators. <laughs> yeah. Like a real kind of bizarre time in our history of, of television watching. So I, I'll be honest, I am a little bit curious to see what that was all about. Well, well, it's funny, you know, I mean, uh, this is where our generation thing comes into play, right? You don't even know about it. So you, you know, you, you're going to check it out. Matt, did you watch it from the beginning or did you kind of check in? Cause it started in 89 yeah. and it ran for seven seasons. Were you right on board at the very beginning? I mean, maybe a little, like maybe if my siblings or I don't know uh-huh. if my parents really watched it, but I definitely remember, you know, when it really took off, when it was like yeah. everyone was watching it. Like when I had the toys, I was playing the video games and stuff. So maybe a few years in when it really took off is when I got into it. Right. But yeah, it it, it, it was very nostalgic watching that. And you always love hearing the backstory, even if oh, it's yeah. not the prettiest backstory um you always love hearing that backstory i have something real quick and then ted if you have other things and matt uh this is this is kind of a little bit off the beaten path for us normally you know we kind of normally just sit on our couch and watch tv um i'm into a a new author reading um somebody from ted's generation stephen king yeah, uh, I had a coworker recommend uh, to read his books. It's something I've always said, you know, I need to re- people love him. He's got so many damn books that have turned into movies. He's got to be pretty damn good books. So I said, you know what? I got to read it. I got to check this guy out, see what all the buzz is about. Uh, so the first one I read uh, is it's called The Skeleton Crew. Basically, it's a collection of all some of his, you know, smaller stories. And the very first story that he has is The Mist, which I know was a movie way back when. Uh, I've never really have seen it. Uh, but I'm reading this right now and, you know, I was kind of in a lull with reading, you know, I was reading a lot of nonfiction and just kind of falling out of it. Tough to get going. I'm reading a coach K book, you know, got about 30 pages in and kind of petered out, you know, they're talking about his army days. I could kind of care less. Um, so, but Stephen King, the mist, you know, last night I started reading it and I buzzed through about 70 pages in (laughs) one night. I mean, he is so, so good. Um, I know that was kind of your peak, Ted, when you were kind of coming through was when he was really at the top of his game, you know, and that sort of thing. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here by saying Stephen King can write. (laughs) Uh, I'm just basically saying that 
you know, I've kind of come to realize that, yeah, this guy could freaking write. He's so good, man. It's a really good story. The myth is like 120 pages. Uh, and it's, it's wild. You know, they're stuck in the supermarket with some, you know, they don't know what the hell's going on outside. <laughs> you know, it's missed. It's, it's kind of a freaky little premise, but, uh, I'm curious to see how it wraps up. I've heard it's kind of a wild ending. So we'll see. Well, I'm just glad, you know, cause there's people out there that says, I read this book and I read this book and they're actually listening to it, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so being old school and actually picking up the book and reading it, I applaud you. That's great. Especially the hard copy. I, I have some. I have a few few hard copies. There's there's some books that I, I want the actual one, but I also I do have a, a Kindle and I, I buy most of my books I read on the Kindle, mm-hmm. which is cool. But, you know, there is something to have in the actual physical book and flipping through the pages and reading it. So yep. I, I've read a couple I, and I honestly don't remember which one Stephen King, some of his shorter books. Do you think you're going to since you're you're turned in, turned on to Stephen King now, you're going to read it, Jared? That's the one that I'm like, because I've already seen both the It movies, that's yeah. the one that I'm, and it sounds like there's a freaking semi driving by my apartment right now, but <laughs> um, the Stephen King uh, It, the, the only reason I'm like not sure that's going to be my next book is because like I said, I've seen the, I've seen the movie uh, and I've yeah. even seen the, you know, Tim Curry, you know, series from back in the nineties or whatever. But from oh, what yeah. people have told me, there's a lot of things they skip. There's a lot of, you know, plots, uh, holes that are kind of filled about what It actually is in the book. So I've heard it's great. I'm sure it is. But I actually, I think the next one I'm going to read is uh, Pet Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's um, a good one. That's one I've never, I've never seen that movie either. I know nothing about it. Sounds like, you know, kind of a really good book. Obviously, we've heard about, there's been remakes. I think they just came out with another remake, you know, whatever, five years ago or something like that, that was in theaters. So it's either going to be that or it's going to be Misery, which I've heard is about basically this author who writes a book and this lady <laughs> doesn't like how it finishes. So she's going to like, basically murder him to get him to rewrite it so it's one to give me one of those two next on the list that's good yeah the misery of the movie was classic for sure yep. uh he uh he wrote the shining too didn't he yep yeah that was also classic i was good this kind of segues into the entertainment segment here uh he also wrote a short novel called the body and that actually got turned into stand by me which was just a classic. You know, that's a throwback movie that I would give three stars every day. Yeah. Stand by me. I just watched it uh, maybe three weeks ago. Man, it still holds up, and it was a great movie. You want to see a dead body? Yeah, that's a good movie, especially knowing who some of the actors are. You know, yeah, as kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's a great. Yeah. The kids are great in that movie, man. They're great actors. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like you said, is it Jerry O'Connell or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I can't. Why am I think I'm blanking on the kid's name? The funny River Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jerry O'Connell was the funny one. He was yeah, kind of heavy. His name was Bert or something like that, or Bert or something. Oh shoot, something like that. Uh, yeah. well, I probably just said it wrong, but anyway, yeah, all time movie. Yep. Uh, the only other one I got to throw on the table, guys. I'm I'm through season two of Succession, and oh. let me tell you, the finale. It just, it was a great season, by the way, but. The finale was fantastic. I can't wait to start season three, probably a little later on today or tonight. We'll get into it. Really, really good. Still holds up on my Mount Rushmore. I was starting to be concerned because I wasn't too deep into it when I made that statement, but I'm sticking to it. It's great. I was speaking of your Mount Rushmore. I I don't know why I didn't think of this when you, when you uh, brought it up, the last of us didn't make the Mount Rushmore. You know, you know, when he went through that Mount Rushmore, he really missed a lot. Now that because I, I had some people point out, well, who doesn't? <laughs> when you're only nailing it down to four, 
I mean, Eastbound and Down. Where was that on the comedy list? Uh, right. You know, yeah, Last of Us. That's a huge omission. Um, House well, of the Dragon. I don't think was anywhere to be found. Well, that would. Uh, I had Game of Thrones. It's same thing. You know, that's yeah. the same thing there. Deadwood. I would. I the one I have a. You know, a little hesitation on Deadwood was pretty classic. I don't know if you guys know about that. Yeah. But that was really, really good. Band of Brothers or? Uh... Yeah, Miss Band of Brothers. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's his list, so I guess that's yeah, that yeah. Would be, I guess, the counterpoint. But Yeah, and um, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time compiling it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right off the top of the head. <laughs> kind of. Right? That's why Sopranos and The Wire are always there. Well, they're um, always there, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else going on with you guys and anything this last week in entertainment? Not really. We're just watching. I, I did finish that series you on uh, right. on Netflix. Well, this current season. And it's just another one of those. It, they're going to do one more season is what they said. One more season. So I'm going to have to finish it out. The season actually did. The, the season finished up pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. It started as it always does. Very ridiculous, but. They actually they threw a couple more little twists in there that have been different than other seasons. So I'm in it now. I gotta watch it. I understand if you guys fell out though. I understand why. But yeah, I may I get gotta, in again someday, it. but I, there's still other things we're watching. I, one final one, we just watched the movie The Fablemans. That's oh. uh, basically the backstory on Steven Spielberg. You know, I was a little disappointed to be honest with you. It was it was it was worth the watch, you know. It was on Max, but uh, uh, it, it had a few flaws in it. I thought so. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd give that one maybe a two point five, maybe, which I was expecting a little bit better. It was it was okay. I think I, I think I think reading a book about it may have been better. So it's hard to diss Spielberg you, as a director. Did you just revert re, refer to HBO as Max? I mean, my God. They changed I, it. I, you, I know they changed it, but that's like one of those things, man. You should be rolling over in your grave. The fact that those words just came out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That is fair. You, HBO, you know how man. I love my HBO. I can't <laughs> well, believe they did change whole, that. You were just on a whole, you know, you were standing on your high horse saying how horrible it was like a week ago. Now you're, it all it took was a week for you to get assimilated to, to just being Max nowadays. The name is the name, man. I, when I click on my TV, there it is. M-A-X. Yeah, <laughs> it's not HBO anymore. Nope, crazy. That is crazy. All right, fellas, let's bail out of here. Uh, well, we got a, an episode coming up next week, and then following that up with the Tooncast, right? As Jared's walking and falls that? off yeah. the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, Did you guys really not just see that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was <laughs> waiting for your reaction. <laughs> not good. I'm just gonna well, mute myself. Well, good yeah, stuff, we fellas. Look. Pod, podcast next week and then the week after that tunecast number two yeah yeah as we get ready to celebrate independence day matt coming back up to michigan yep. so look forward to seeing you and uh, we'll have some fun with that one yes, all right everybody this has been episode 270 of the three-point podcast presented by memorial Healthcare's wellness center featuring many great fitness classics and uh classes i should say and sky mint cannabis home of michigan's best buds also want to thank our local partners az printing solutions cr auctions nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill success group mortgage and servicing and everybody have a great week peace and love be kind thanks for listening
Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.